Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to the show. Please do press like uh, on YouTube and subscribe. Support us as ever on patreon.com forward slash owenjones84. Now, monkeypox. Many of you will have heard reports, of course, of an outbreak which has taken place in many countries in the global north. Now, there's been quite extensive media coverage and discussion about this, particularly online, and it is driving me up the wall because it's so misleading and dangerous. What we're talking about here is completely dishonest framing of what's actually happening. Now, I've had my monkeypox jab. The reason for that is I'm a now at-risk group, men who have sex with men. Three of my friends have had monkeypox. Now, the reason we need to talk about this, and I've got a brilliant guest to go through the actual reality of what's happening with monkeypox, is some are framing this completely wrong. They're talking about this as though putting monkeypox in the context of sex between men, which is overwhelmingly the transmission, is stigmatizing, even whipping up hatred against members of the community, which both me and my guests belong to, uh, men who have sex with men, gay, bi, queer men, and others who don't fall or don't feel comfortable in that category. Um, and that actually monkeypox, they allege, is a serious threat to the wider population. It shouldn't be framed as a threat just to men who have sex with men, but that anyone can get monkeypox and all the rest of it. Of course, that's theoretically true. Monkeypox doesn't know your sexual orientation, but it's entered networks of men who have had sex, who have sex with men. Now, Benjamin Ryan is, I would regard as a fellow soldier in the monkeypox wars of 2022 on social media, because Benjamin Ryan is a light of reason who has been battling total and utter wrong-headed nonsense uh, by people who are screaming at him, including, I think you've had the same experience as me, straight people calling us homophobes, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Benjamin, just quickly, mm-hmm. you're a science reporter. You write yeah. about these issues for lots of publications. Just quickly, what's monkeypox? Uh, let's see. Monkeypox is a virus uh, that was first identified in a human host in 1970 in Western Africa. It has become endemic there in 11 nations since then. It is an orthopox virus, so it's closely related to smallpox. Um, and in early May of this year, uh, various health authorities around the world started to notice that there was an outbreak forming, um, started in Western Europe. They believe that ultimately what happened was it made its way into men's uh, sexual networks and started spreading quickly around the globe. And now we've seen over 20,000 cases globally. Um, it is a virus that causes lesions on the skin. It can be extremely painful. Um, it also tends to start uh, with flu-like symptoms, although not always. And sometimes the lesions will precede the flu-like symptoms, and sometimes you don't have the flu-like symptoms. So it's a little tricky to diagnose. It can often be, be mistaken for an STD. 
Um, and it is transmitted through close contact largely. Um, and that includes, as we're learning very much during this outbreak, sexual contact and indeed sexual intercourse and anal intercourse. Uh, but there are other means that perhaps are less efficient in transmitting the virus. And those can include through contaminated towels, bedding, clothing, that kind of thing. But as I'd love to discuss with you, there appears to be a wide gulf in risk between sex on one hand and all the other possible means of transmission. And that is something that is very much getting lost in the discussion um, and is causing a lot of unnecessary anxiety and fear in people who think that there is substantial risk of getting it from a towel or a shirt or something like that. But of course, Benjamin, a virus doesn't know our sexual orientation. It's not a heat-seeking missile. Mm -hmm. So lots of people are saying, well, how could it possibly be a virus which is spreading amongst men who have sex with men because we're not the only ones having sex with each other. Loads of people are having yeah. sex. Well, I'm a bit impressed because this is something that I certainly know myself, but I guess others do not. Gay men seem to have done a great job of keeping secret that gay men tend to have more sexual partners, more anonymous partners, more partners in a shorter period of time. And I am unaware of another subculture in which a substantial number of people We'll get together in one place and have a lot of group sex, let's say, sex at, you know, saunas or some sort of bathhouse or whatever part, sort of party setting. And then they all fly around to other places. They go home or they go to another event and they do this in a pretty short period of time. And if you were a pathogen and you could actually think, you would find these guys because you would have a first class ticket around the world in no time. And so it's amazing to me <laughs> that the world is not aware of these behaviors that are pretty common in the gay world. Not everyone is engaging them, mind you, but enough to make it such that all STDs occur at higher rates among men of men compared with other risk groups. And some people go, well, this is terribly stigmatizing, but my answer to that is there's nothing wrong with having sex. The issue with obviously sex is as long as you respect each other's consent, your emotional boundaries, and you try to be as safe as you possibly can, who cares? But obviously, some people are like, no, this feeds into the homophobic tropes. Mm. But, you know, there are networks of men who have sex with men, and that's what's entered. Let's look at the evidence then. Okay, you posted this. Mm -hmm. uh, this was a paper on cases of monkeypox in 16 nation. 98% of those infected were gay or bi men, 75% white, 41% had HIV, no women. 95% of mm. cases thought to be transmitted during sex. Now, the key point here, and this is important, is people go and talk then. They go, well, that's because we're just testing men who have sex with men. Right. And other people are being turned away. So the key point we now bring up here, this mm -hmm. is you. Can you pronounce her name properly? You're better than me at this, probably. I, I, I actually have never heard it said out loud, but I think I, I'm going to go for Muga Chevik and, and uh, apologize. Apologies uh, to if you're listening. I, I actually never heard her name pronounced out loud, but uh, she's become a great, a great pal. We, we message uh, often when I'm going to bed and she's getting up in the morning. Well, she's got some great. It's just common sense on this. Despite widespread yeah. speculation of the country, monkeypox predominantly occur occurring in Britain, she's talking about between men having sex with men, isn't driven by ascertainment or sampling bias. Mm -hmm. So according to the, so the point she's making is about positivity rates. Right. So what for those who don't understand what that means, basically you get, you, you doesn't, it takes into account different sampling groups. That you, you, there mm -hmm. are more men. It takes, it, it takes into account different rates of testing in different groups. And exactly. kind of controls so, that levels the playing field so you can say, you know, what are the what are the actual disease rates in these groups from what we understand? So amongst adult women, it is uh, 354 this is, this is, right. negative, two were positive. 
Um, so this is the UK data, everyone. Yeah, this is UK and data. So much respect to the health authorities in the UK because we don't have this kind of demographic data in the US um, and it's been really invaluable. So these women who actually went forward is actually a self-selecting group because they, they think they're at risk of having monkeypox. So it's not like these are just random women in the population. Oh, right. it's people we think they might be exposed. 2% had it. Uh, amongst those men who have sex with men are tested, it was over 50%. It, it was just men as a category, but like one can generally use that as a proxy for men who have sex with men. The important thing is that, you know, we'd have 51% positivity rate in men, 2% women and under 1% in, in children. And yes, indeed, there were substantial numbers of women and children being tested. So this is a great clue to suggest that people who claim, oh, well, they're just not testing women, they're just not testing children. Even if that may be true in some cases, what we see from these positivity rate differences is that the, the rates of the infection are probably very low in these people. And it's important also to consider that men who have sex with men as a group are much, much smaller group than women or children. In the United States, there's something like 73 million uh, people under the age of 18, and they're an estimated 6 million men of sex as men. And I did some rough back of the napkin calculations, and this is very rough. This is not a scientific study, everyone. But I basically deduced that because we've seen two pediatric cases in the US, you know, and thousands uh, of cases in men of sex with men, that men of sex with men had something like a 16,000 times greater per capita rate of infection compared with children. So, and you know, there it really is like fearing a lightning strike based on the rates that we have now. And there's so many moms out there who are concerned because people online are telling them they should be fearful. Like when schools open, it's gonna run like wildfire through all the schools and we should close them down. Is that this is occurring rarely and you can't base all your life decisions on the potential for a very rare outcome. Like we take risks every time we walk out the door. Or stay even in the house, you're taking risks. Or in the yeah, house, I mean, carbon monoxide poisoning. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you're chopping some, you know, chopping some fruit or vegetables, you might cut yourself. Yeah, yeah everyone has to, risk is part of life and assessing risk is part of existence. Yeah, so let's sort of just household transmission, for example. So in the UK, the original advice was if you're a household contact to someone monkeypox and you should self-isolate, the government dropped that. Why did they drop it? Because there's very little evidence of household... And this has been happening right. for months. I think people should be aware. People are like, well, it's the early days. We don't know. Mm -hmm. It's been circulating for months now. Right. Obviously, there was a lag. There was a long incubation period for monkeypox, often compared to other viruses. But there's very little evidence, is there, of household transmission? And if you look, if you compare it to the early days of the HIV epidemic, you know, which officially began in 1981, that's when people first identified the signs of what came to be known as AIDS. You know, it took years for tens of thousands of infections to occur, say, in the United States. Um, but we've already seen tens of thousands of cases in this global outbreak. So the patterns have not apparently changed. And again, you know, all praise be to, you, to the you data in UK. UK has put out these graphs that show what percentage each week of the diagnoses that are monosex with men is very consistently around 98%. We're just not seeing that kind of a change. And we, I'm gonna stop one second because I forgot what we were talking about. Oh yes, household. Um, so, oh yes, back, so back to the study that you referred to uh, the other, that came out a few weeks ago in the New England Journal of Medicine. What that was, it was all these infectious disease folks from all around the world pooling 528 of the earliest cases. And it's, I, I would say that this is a, a bit of an oversample, maybe a little bit of men with sex with men, because yes, there has been some transmission in the margins elsewhere. So it maybe isn't the greatest exact reflection of maybe what's happening this week, let's say, but nevertheless, 
what they estimated was that 95% of the cases that they looked at were likely driven by sex between men and 0.6% were likely due to household contact and 0.8% were due to non-sexual close contact. So probably something like hugging or kissing or something. Um, and so what that suggests is, you know, as I said earlier, is that there is likely a very wide gulf in the relative risk between sexual contact between men and being around somebody at home. It doesn't mean that it can happen, but it suggests that the virus transmits much less efficiently um, in a household setting, whether that be through, through bedding or towels or maybe even face-to-face -face contact. Mm. And the CDC as well, you know, has taken heat for you know, altering their recommendations when it comes to household contact. What they generally say if you're on a press call with them is that, well, you know, when it comes to potential aerosol transmission, we're really only concerned about hours of close contact. It does seem, you know, similarly with COVID, as, as we've seen, that you have to have a certain amount of virus. Um, you have to be exposed to a certain amount of virus to actually contract it. <laughs> but that might not be the most efficient means unless you're spending hours and hours with something or maybe you're kissing them. Um, so, you know, there's a lot more to be learned. There's a lot more research to be done. But there are a lot of very important clues that we can look to now, in addition to the fact that if this transmitted more readily via non-sexual means, we would likely see it way more outside of men with men community because they would give it to their family, to their coworkers, to the person on the bus, and we're just not seeing that. And then again, if people say, well, that's because we're not testing those other groups, and I just point again to the, to the test positivity data in the UK that refutes that concept of what's known as ascertainment bias. Also, this can be a very devastating infection that's extremely <laughs> symptomatic. So it's not something that if you're a woman who'd never heard of monkeypox and you had this horrific presentation of lesions and all or this pain, that you wouldn't ask your doctor about it. And it's not as if we're at a point now, four months into this outbreak, that absolutely no doctor who cares for women, an OBGYN, hasn't heard of this by now. Yes, we've heard a lot of stories about misdiagnoses, but this has been in the press a lot. And I, I, I fail to believe that no doctor out there whatsoever could recognize this on a child or a woman. Indeed, the three people I know just, I mean, people go, oh, it's just anecdote, but I'm just, just, I, you know, I'm familiar with monkeypox infection just because people I know have had it, uh, all of whom are men who are sexual men. You know, one of them was, uh, it was my, kind of mild but unpleasant. The other was bad. The other was mm -hmm. very bad. They were off work for mm -hmm. three weeks. It was yeah. really, really really pleasant the idea that there's this massive pool of straight people with monkeypox out there that aren't being detected is it defies reason i mean the other point people keep saying oh stop calling it a sexually transmitted illness and i just find this such a, a stupid semantic discussion mm -hmm. because what the, the fact is it's not whether or not i mean there's talk about discussion about potential viral load in semen and so on but actually it, it is overwhelmingly spreading through the sort of contact mm -hmm that only really happens during sex, prolonged skin-on-skin right. -skin contact. Mm -hmm. Because generally speaking, I think people are generally aware of the mechanics of sex, is it generally involves people being better. pressed together for longer <laughs> periods of time. You don't generally go and hug someone yeah. naked without... That doesn't tend to happen. No. There are exceptions. But importantly also, this is something that I'm really looking forward to more research about, it's atypical compared to what we've generally seen in past outbreaks of this virus over the decades to have the kind of presentation of lesions in the perianal and genital area that we're seeing in this outbreak. And that suggests that there has been a point of contact in that area through anal sex 
through which the virus has transmitted. Um, so I've got this here. You actually said this here. I think, wait a minute, how we, yeah, yeah uh, no, hold on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So, yeah, an important new monkeypox paper, and you right. talked here um, about all had lesions in mucous membranes, over half in genitals, and over 41% right. in the perianal area. So that was another study that came out recently that's really, that is, it was a UK study based on a pool of men in South London who all received care through one sort of system. Um, and it offered really important clues to how the manifestation of this virus tends to be different than what we've seen in past decades around the world. And what it really seems to suggest is that anal sex itself, maybe semen, maybe not, is a very important conduit of transmission. Now, maybe it's possible that if you didn't have anal sex, but you had a lesion somewhere else in your body, you might still transmit it. But evidence suggests that let's say if somebody had sexual contact but didn't have anal sex, that might mitigate the risk of the presentation of these lesions in the genital and perianal area, which have been extremely painful in some cases and led to about 10% of people being hospitalized for this condition. So if we're going to discuss what are some ways that gay men can mitigate their risk, perhaps maybe they wouldn't eliminate the risk of contracting the virus, but the evidence suggests that they might mitigate their risk of at least getting the really painful, horrific lesions in those areas if they didn't have intercourse. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. And granted, there are no guarantees we're still learning about this. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, in the face of a crisis, you kind of have to make some decisions based on things you're not totally sure about. And fortunately, there are no huge downsides uh, to not having intercourse. Um, in, in the case of sexual contact. For some people, they might seem like a crisis, but I would argue that that's something that you, you can work with. Now, one of the at aspects... temporarily, you know. One of the aspects, which is... I mean, this whole episode has infuriated me beyond mm -hmm. reason and sense, if I'm going to be honest with you. But is... So people keep going, well, I've seen on social media cases of people who are not mm -hmm. men who have sex with men who are right. infected. And Now, I'm going to give it a class. The, the, this is this example. And I do think there's a special place in hell reserved for people who spread misinformation about um, about health issues. Yeah. So this was the case about, and this was shared supposedly yeah. by a Spanish doctor, or I think he was actually, I don't, it was in Spain anyway. I, I think he was from Latin America. Now, 
it was then translated by someone who calls himself a journalist. And somewhat badly, apparently. Apparently the translation made it even worse. Well, it says here, so it, it showed a, a picture of someone, their legs, apparently with lesions on their legs, and mm-hmm. saying, doctor tells us what in his monkeypox infecting the underground chain, telling them to be immediately isolated. They responded by saying they don't have to, as the doctor told them that, and that, and that monkeypox is gay only. A long thread going on about this. The idea that someone's just taking pictures of people's mm-hmm. lesions and posing them on social media is yeah. off the charts, ludicrous. I thought this whole thread from the start was ludicrous. It got hundreds of thousands, yeah. hundreds of thousands of likes, hundreds of thousands of retweets. Now, it was bollocks. And I'm not going to apologize for that language. As a senior health um, official here in the UK said, so the Spanish man snapped on the train that went viral, did not have monkeypox. He has new- he has neurofibromatosis, which I probably pronounced wrong, which causes tumors, is not contagious. Mm-hmm. He never spoke to this guy. Right. This is ridiculous. So these are people trying to get clouds on social media. And this whole thread was like, the whole point of the thread was going, they're saying this is all men who have sex with men. And because of that, people who have monkeypox don't know they've got monkeypox because they're thinking we can't have yeah. it because we're not gay or bisexual. And they're going around and they're spreading it to people on trains. And it was, it's bollocks. It was complete yeah. bollocks. I mean, you know, it is worrisome to think that are we going to go into an age where everyone has to sort of cover up their bug bites, you know, for fear of people looking at them funny and saying you should be geared. Um, you know, it is a question of like, is it sound public health advice to demand that people isolate for weeks when they have monkeypox? Are they an actual risk to the public if they go out in public, if they take certain precautions? That's Those are questions I think they're really important to ask. I think that certain public health authorities lean into perhaps an overcompensation and thinking like, well, what, what's the cost? But the cost can be pretty huge if, for example, one of the men I've interviewed, Matt Ford in LA, he's an actor who was one of the earliest people to really come forward and talk very openly on social media about having monkeypox. He received a court order from LA County instructing him or ordering him to stay at home until further notice. So those things might seem like they're good for public health on surface, but if they discourage testing and treatment interfacing with, with doctors in the public health sector, it'll make it much harder for us to track this epidemic overall. Exactly. Not only is this diverting attention for where it needs to be, which is men who have sex with men need to be prioritized in terms of messaging in a non-stigmatized way, but also vaccines, because we don't have very many of these vaccines to go around anyway, even for men who have sex with men. But actually, it's going to stigmatize people with skin conditions. I mean, another woman was snapped, again, in public, um, portrayed as having monkeypox. She did a video going, I don't have monkeypox. She had another health condition that causes non-malignant tumors on her skin. I mean, just hasn't had little bumps on their stuff, their face. But people are now, everyone does, you know, so. I mean, I I do think, look, you know, obviously I'm not belittling COVID, according to The Economist, which does excess deaths, over 22 million people have died of COVID across the world. That's more than World War One. It was a horrific illness, uh, an epidemic, pandemic. the population was much smaller in in the 19-teens. Of course. As I I like to point out, like, you're a COVID minimizer, but anyway. Yeah, you're right, but, you (laughs) know, every every human life, yeah. Every human life, you know, has an yeah. innate worth and all the rest of it. Yeah. But there are certain people, let's be honest, who came to prominence during the COVID pandemic who got lots of likes and retweets because basically they they erred on the kind of more, you know, catastrophist wing. Mm-hmm. So there's this thread which yeah. uh, you identified by someone called Eric Feigl-Ding. Um, Now, who gets shared very widely on COVID. I'm not going to go into him on COVID. But he said, a worrisome transmission. We need to get sober on Mm -hmm. how and why monkeypox is tricky to contain. Uh, And then just, he has this long thread about it. Nowhere in that thread does he Mm -hmm. mention men who have sex with men 
Or sexual transmission. Yeah, in a moment of insomnia earlier today, I read over that whole thread. And he there's he there's a several sort of biggest people who are kind of migrating from the COVID hysteria space on Twitter over to the monkey box space. That's, they kind of want to conquer, con, you know, colonize it and use it for all the likes. And so they're promoting a lot of hysteria. And the big ones, including Eric Begelding, uh, what they do is they tend to exaggerate the risk to other groups, non non men sex with men. They exaggerate the risk through other means outside of sex. And I find it very dispiriting and shocking that they don't actually mention the people who are truly at risk and who are truly suffering right now. And it betrays, I think, a great lack of empathy that they're spending so much energy trying to direct attention elsewhere. And if you really cared about public health and you really cared about being an ally to people who are suffering and to stigmatize minorities, you would focus on what we actually know, what we're actually seeing. But so much of what these people do is they speculate about what could happen. And they don't look at the data of what we've seen from the World Health Organization, from the CDC, from the NHS, from EU authorities, and the studies from BMJ and the New England Journal of Medicine that we see. They don't look at any of this. Instead, mm. what they do is they point to lists from certain health authorities of how it can transmit. But importantly, these lists don't differentiate of the likelihood of it transmitting one way versus another. And those lists, if they were accurate, would say sex like this. And then way down here in these smaller points, we say, and also sometimes this. So it's very, they're being very disingenuous and really hiding, using their MDs and their PhDs as a shield to practice some very disingenuous uh, messaging about public health. And I find that really infuriating. And the public, unfortunately, even after COVID or actually perhaps because of COVID is not, unfortunately not well primed to understand the differences when people walk around and talking about how you can or can't get a virus, when what they should be talking about is how likely you are to get it. Mm. First of all, how likely you are to be exposed to it, because importantly, infection to, in infectious disease, the background infection rate in your community or your sexual network or whatever it is, is sort of step one of your risk factor. And then in turn, if you are exposed to it, how likely you are to get it based on whatever behaviors you may be engaging in. Um, and those behaviors, and the two things we're talking about here that are the big risk factors are being in a sexual network with men with sex with men, and then engaging in intercourse or other you know, sexual mm -hmm. contact. Finally, the shadow of AIDS. Now, yeah. this, for me, I, someone posted about this, saying that people should be forbidden for making comparisons with AIDS unless they've watched like a, a video explainer. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think that, I'm like, a lot of this, I'm like, did you not watch... I don't know. It's a sin yeah. in the UK. Are people Endless not movies and documentaries and Do you know what I mean? you don't, you don't have to get a degree, mm -hmm. but it's people. Are, so, for example, the World Health Organization does a tweet correctly pointing out men who have sex with men are most at risk. Gets piled on as, and the same with the New York mm -hmm. Public Health Authority saying, "Come forward if you're mm -hmm. a man who has sex with men," and, yeah. and they're like, oh, "This is like the 1980s. They're they're saying this is a gay plague and a gay disease." Um, and, and the point, actually, about the AIDS pandemic, saying a gay plague is stigmatizing language. That's the point. They, mm -hmm. the, what happened in, in the AIDS pandemic, it wasn't like public health authorities are going, we need to target lots of resources and help at men who have sex with men. They abandoned no. men who have sex mm -hmm. with men to often horrific, horrific deaths, precisely because of homophobia. The, the, the problem wasn't targeted messaging, which is very important. It was stigmatized messaging, saying a gay plague is stigmatized messages. Say, That's a good differentiation. I like that. Yeah. And, and the fact is... You know, throughout the we're talking about the global north, but overwhelmingly in the US, Britain, those sorts of countries, it's gay and bisexual men and other men who have sex with men 
overwhelmingly disproportionate risk. People, for example, in 2020, for the first time, there were slightly more straight infections in Britain. People say, so, well, there we go. But actually, not only, firstly, are there far more straight people, so the percentage affected is mm-hmm. way lower, the heterosexual groups affected are disproportionately from specific groups, e.g. African right. migrants, for example, who make up a large... More, more people inject drugs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the point, you know, people are, are saying this is just like the AIDS crisis all over again. It's stigmatizing men have sex with men. But they're drawing the exact wrong conclusions, which mm-hmm. is actually the point was the abandonment of men who have sex with men mm-hmm. who were overwhelmingly disproportionately at risk rather and, and the stigmatized messaging, not the targeted messaging. Right. And one of the things to look on the bright side, you know, for all the mistakes that various health authorities might be making and they're not acting fast enough on various fronts in the U.S. and elsewhere, um, if you compare the behavior of all these health authorities and governmental officials to what happened in the 80s when there was such a wholesale abandonment of gay men who were suffering from AIDS, we're seeing so many people who are on our side and people who say, oh, well, if we tell the public that this is only in gays, no one will care. I'm, and as bad as it is these days, and as much as homophobia has made a resurgence in the Western world, we, there are so many people on our sides. The mayors of major cities, you know, congressmen, senators in the United States. Um, so I fail to believe that these people don't have the backs of the gay community because they've shown very clearly that they do. Rochelle Walensky, who's the head of the CDC in the United States, comes out of the HIV world, you know. Mm. So she's been sort of like, you know, a mama to the gays in Boston and Harvard all these years. Um, I, you know, I, I fail to believe that she would be anything but more on the side of the gay community, knowing that we are, for one thing, vulnerable to higher rates of STDs in the first place, and also knowing that it's a stigmatized minority and how how many different ways it can go wrong uh, to try to care for this population. And just just finally, actually, on this. Mm-hmm. The, what people should be angry about even now, I mean, as you pointed out, there are people who have our backs in positions of authority in the way there weren't in the 1980s. It was actually a far lonelier battle. Gay and bisexual men, men who have sex with men, were abandoned um, mm. and stigmatized, which is, again, what different from targeted messaging, mm-hmm. stigmatized messaging. Mm-hmm. But even today, you know, the New York Times covered yesterday, the US supply of the monkeypox vaccine will be limited for months after officials waited too long to ask mm-hmm. the maker to process enough files. So we should create, we should be putting pressure on the authorities to roll, to have roll, to roll out a vaccine program, mm-hmm. which is specifically tailored and targeted mm-hmm. at those of us at risk, men who have sex with men. That's where the anger should be not mm-hmm. saying there's too much support for men who have sex with men, and that's stigmatizing men who have sex with men, but actually there's not enough. It's not happened quick enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can argue certainly that bad decisions were made and maybe certain people in positions of power were not with gay men might have acted faster. That's something that I, those are very important questions to ask. Um, so, you know, I think it's important to be more specific when you're directing your anger, you know, about what needs to change. And mm-hmm. uh, But it's complicated. You know, vaccines aren't the only part of risk mitigation that we need to consider. Um, you know, just as it's not always structural factors that lead to inequities, individual behaviors also lead to inequities. And some, you know, the different right wing versus left wing will argue it's one versus the other. Reality is somewhere in the middle. So, you know, we'd certainly call upon gay men everywhere to ask themselves, you know, what can you do to help mitigate the risk? Are there ch- ways that you can change your behavior? For one thing, till we know more, and two, till we have more vaccines. And also, very importantly, till we can tell how well these vaccines might be working because the data on them is, you know, largely opposed. It's, they, we don't have 
randomized controlled trial data on these vaccines. So there's a bit of guesswork and speculation going on about how effective they may be. Um, so hopefully they will be, but we don't know for sure yet. So it's not necessarily something that you really want to hang your hat on where you get one little jab and go right back to what you're doing and assuming that you're, you're not at risk. We don't know these things for sure. So, you know, it's a precaution is in order. Well, fingers crossed it is a, my, my vaccine is effective. It is for those who aren't aware, it's the smallpox vaccine I've been given. So also yeah. if a terrorist smallpox attack happens, I'll be all right. They, they should have cross uh, protection for, you know, whatever you've received since exactly. they're such similar viruses. Uh, so just to conclude on all that, uh, and Benjamin, you've been absolutely brilliant, but if you're a man who has sex with, if you're a man who has sex with a man, get a vaccine if you can. Do everything you can to get a vaccine. Uh, do get tested as well. And encourage, if you've got a platform, in a non-stigmatized way to highlight the fact it's men who have sex with men at risk. We're not doing being judgmental or attacking our own minority. We are part of that minority. Mm. But it's it's just talking about the facts. Benjamin, you've been absolutely brilliant. And just thanks for having me. Follow Benjamin on social media as he continues to fight in the trenches of the mm. monkeypox wars of 2022. So he's Ben Ryan Writer on Twitter follow yeah. his work and share his work because we need to but fight the misinformation which is putting the health of men of sex with men at risk thank you so much benjamin thanks for having me thanks for listening everyone i hope you found that informative educational uh, interesting and I certainly did. Uh, do support us on Patreon to keep the show on the road. Uh, forward slash Owen Jones eighty four. Leave us some stars. That'd be nice. Spread the word. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.